Well, happy October. It might be my favorite month. So welcome to The Messy Table, an ordinary space where we can show up and remember that God is at work in our mess. And if we haven't yet had the chance to meet, I'm Jen, and it's an honor to host this faith-fueled conversation-style podcast, which happens to release a fresh perspective into your world and your speakers every other Tuesday which happens to be partnered with the women of my church, Life Church, which happens to be a big-time fan of the YouVersion Bible app, God's Word literally in her back pockets for free. And beyond that, we are just grateful to lock arms with some incredible women like you in your sometimes magical and sometimes ordinary life. So whether you're driving to work or out for a run or joining us on your lunch break or spicing up those everyday tasks like scrubbing dishes or folding laundry— I am genuinely glad you're here. And so, spoiler, my guest today is going to challenge us to resist the rush and remember to rest, which, to be honest, I constantly need to be reminded of. And with that in mind, I want to point us to Hebrews 11.4, which tells us to strive to enter God's rest, which sounds like an oxymoron, and maybe it is, but that's the pattern and that's the tension of this upside-down kingdom. The last will be first. The poor can be rich. Their strength and weakness. And we die to ourselves to truly live. The author of the book of Hebrews is saying we should strive to enter God's rest. Other translations say let's make every effort to enter God's rest or let's do our best to enter God's rest. So what exactly does this mean? The theme of rest is woven throughout the Bible. God rested on the seventh day of creation, which was actually the first full day for humans but He modeled our work week and our Sabbath for us. Even though God wasn't actually tired, even though He is inexhaustible, this rest was deemed holy and set apart and even celebratory. And earlier in the same chapter in Hebrews, the author says that God's promise of entering His rest still stands, a rest that He has prepared for His people since the very beginning of time, a rest that Jesus died for and gave us access to when He rose from the actual dead. And listen, God knows that we love to achieve, that we're terrible at setting boundaries, and that we often work ourselves into the ground. And while there's a beautiful place for good work, it's also helpful to remember that His rest, His peace, His calm is available right now, even, now get this, even if you're surrounded by chaos. But here on this fractured planet, we have to choose it. We have to purposely and intentionally choose to enter that rest. Really, there's so much more to dig into, and I hope that you will. But for now, get ready, because my guest for today is the darling and wise Christina Patterson, a wife and mom and Bible teacher, devotional writer, author and speaker, and the founder of Beloved Women, a nonprofit that creates online Bible studies and faith-inspired resources. But mostly, she is a fellow busy woman who gets it, and she's passionate about helping others to connect with God. So grab your coffee, pull up a chair, and join me for a chat with Christina. Well, Christina, I am just so thrilled to have you. So welcome to The Messy Table. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here today. Listen, I need everybody to know that we have already (laughs) been fighting off the devil today Yes, for like 45 minutes. We (laughs) are recording this remote and I can't even tell you, but the tech trouble that we had that didn't make any sense is bizarre. Yeah, it just wasn't working. And we were trying all the mics and all the devices. And of course, what my husband always tells me, turn it off and turn it back on. (laughs) We did that. We did it. 
and it still didn't work. And then all of a sudden it just started working again. Oh my gosh. So you are a content partner of YouVersion, the Bible app, and I write yes. devotional content for YouVersion. That's how I got connected to you. We're both proud Bible nerds who love yes. learning more about God. Very much um, so. But I'm telling you what, I feel super connected to you now because we've like solved problems together. We have war together. <laughs> we, That's what happened. We went to war. We did. Yeah, sisters in arms. I'm telling you. So I know there's so much more uh, to who you are. So if you would just give us some other details about who you are and what you're all about. Yes, I'm Christina Patterson. I'm a wife to my college sweetheart, Donald, and we have two precious children together, a 10-year-old and a seven-year-old who's Yay. soon to turn eight next weekend, actually, trying to plan a birthday yep. for that. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so I'm doing all the mom things as well. But in addition to that, I have the honor of leading a women's ministry called Beloved Women. Mm -hmm. And our mission is to encourage, equip, and empower women in the love of Jesus Christ and the truth of God's word. And we do that through our free online resources, our videos on YouTube, our Beloved Women app, our Bible studies. And sometimes I get to, like you said, partner with amazing organizations like YouVersion. I love it. I love that all those resources are free. That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> That's what we try to do with this podcast as well. So I'm all about it. So we have a problem in our modern world, and that is that we have a lot of highlight reels, but not always enough opportunities to just sit at a table and talk about the real stuff as real people. And so this is our feeble attempt <laughs> to have honest conversations about the things that really matter. And so yeah. as you think about your life and some of the messes that you've walked through, because we've all had messes, both big and small, uh, what's something that you feel compelled to share here today? Like things were complicated, but still God has been faithful. I would say, and, and first of all, I absolutely love that question being in women's ministry for as long as I have. I truly see the power of sitting down with women and listening to their stories and what God has brought them through. Mm -hmm. I'm super passionate about Bible study and learning what God teaches us in his word about how to live and how to experience joy and peace through his son, Jesus Christ. But I also love seeing it lived out in other women. Mm -hmm. And I think that when we have conversations like this and we can share our stories, we can truly not only learn, but we can also be inspired and empowered to know that if God did it for her, I think maybe he can do it for me too. And it gives us a right. level of hope. I think when we come together around God's truth, mm -hmm. I think that one truth that the Lord has really been speaking to me about recently, that if we were at a table all together and I mm -hmm. wanted to really just impart some truth on you mm -hmm. um, and encourage you and your listeners today, it would be to slow down and to stop rushing. Mm. That is a lesson that the Lord has been teaching me for the past few years. I was going to say, you honestly. sound like you have some experience in this. <laughs> Listen, I am a go-getter. I'm a visionary. I want to do all the things all the time right now. Mm -hmm. And so I like to say that when it comes to really God's call on your life and, and figuring out what that looks like, there are two different type of people. There are the Moseses who God calls and they're a little bit hesitant 
they're like, oh, I have all these excuses. I have all these reasons why I can't do it. And God kind of has to push you a little mm-hmm. bit more, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I have what I call the Davids where you are this visionary and you want to do the thing, you know, he wanted to hurry up and build the temple and God had to kind of pull him back and be like, wait a minute, I- I've called your son to do that. And so where God has to push the Moseses, he has to pull the David just back a little bit. And, and I'm a David, he's pulling me back. Cause I'm like mm-hmm. trying to run full speed ahead towards all the things. Mm-hmm. And God has has really been teaching me the beauty in growing slow and acquiring things little by little and accomplishing things over time and really thinking about the long picture mm-hmm. of things. And so that requires me to know, well, what is my end goal? What are my priorities? That's good. And then look at my day-to-day tasks and see, does that align with what those goals are. Now we all have a mission or a call to make disciples, to make God known, to share the gospel with Jesus Christ. I think that's universal for, I don't think it, I know that that's universal for all believers. Um, But then I also think that we have unique calls in the way that we do that. And so sometimes we believe the lie that in order to do that, we have to be in what people would consider full-time ministry. But God calls us in unique ways to give him glory in all types of ways. Mm -hmm. And whether that's, you know, being a stay at home mom or being a soccer coach or an astronaut, whatever that looks like for you, that is how you are called to give God glory. Mm -hmm. And for me, my number one priority is to seek God and to know him. After that, it is to serve my family here at my home. If I can't be the gospel here at home, then how can I share it with the world? What Mm. sense does that make? That's out of priority for me. And so asking myself, okay, I want to do all these things. Um, Does that really align with the priorities that God has entrusted me to? Mm -hmm. And so one thing is, you know, I'm thinking of ways to like cut back and not do all the things and and ask myself, why do I feel like I need to be doing all these things Mm -hmm. anyways, especially if they're not in alignment with what God's called me to do. And then after that, I know that I have a passion and a call to teach God's word to women. Mm -hmm. And so in that order, that is how I'm trying to structure my life and walk in that calling, but know that it doesn't have to be all at once. And even when it comes to just mothering and being a wife and taking my time and knowing that God is being patient with me as he develops and grooms me in that area as well. And so I can be patient with myself also, and I don't have to rush and the house doesn't have to be perfect and the kids don't have to do all the things and it's still going to be okay. Yeah. I can definitely see the call in your life to be a teacher. I felt that (laughs) the minute that I, you know, first was connected to you is that, oh, she's a teacher. Oh, okay. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Immediately. So I would say, you said you're more of a David. I would say I probably lean more towards a Moses in the, oh, who am I, Lord, to like go and represent you? But I can definitely relate to both of those for sure. Um, So I'm curious, was there anything, any day, any time, any specific season or moment that made you come to this realization that you need to slow down? Like usually there's some kind of friction or tension that you feel before you come to these revelations. Yes, there, there have been a few. (laughs) There have been a few, I think just an overall sense of overwhelm, burnout, anxiety that comes from moving at a pace that you were never called 
to mm-hmm. move at, you know, and sometimes we think, oh, I'm doing all these things for God and I'm doing really good things, but that might not be the one thing that God's calling you to do yeah. right now in this moment. And last year I actually incurred a really bad neck injury. I had a slip disc in my cervical spine. It was Ugh. very painful. Sounds terrible. Very pain. It, worse than childbirth. Oh, and it's all pain. Yeah. Oh my and goodness. I couldn't do anything for months. I was in the bed and all I did was go to physical therapy and mm-hmm. come home, go to massage therapy, come home. So you were forced to slow down. I was forced to slow down. Yeah. I was forced to slow down. And it really made me question a lot of things that I was doing before that happened and why I was doing them and why I was running at such a literal neck breaking pace. Mm. (laughs) You could say, Mm -hmm. why was I doing that? And really having to search and see that a lot of my identity I had allowed to be defined by what I did, what Mm. I accomplished, and just learning to be okay with just being. And knowing that that's enough for God. And so it should too be enough for me because not even just ministry related tasks, like I couldn't even wash my daughter's hair. Mm, Like I couldn't even cook dinner. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do simple day-to-day things that I would normally take for granted and feel like maybe these things are getting in the way of me completing my mission and building this ministry and doing these things. And so it gave me such a greater appreciation for the mundane and for just being able to fold clothes Mm. and for getting up and waiting an hour in the carpool line every (laughs) single day. Uh, Now that's starting to, that gratitude is starting to wear off. The carpool line is a whole thing. (laughs) That's a whole nother podcast. Can we just talk about the people that do not pull forward far enough in the carpool line? (laughs) I'm about to lose my salvation in the carpool line. Listen, people fall asleep. I've had to get out of my car and wake somebody up before. Yeah. (laughs) It's that serious. Anyways, my point is that situation in forcing me to slow down has given me appreciation for just what we would consider the small things Mm -hmm. in life and that I don't always have to be accomplishing. Like God's looking and he's proud when I fold the laundry. He's proud when I wash the dishes and and he's proud when I don't Mm -hmm. and that that's okay. And even in how I pursue God and pursue my relationship with God was fast. I got to get up in the morning. I got to read this much scripture. I got to write in my journal this much. And so this summer, God really calmed me down in that area. And this might sound like something you wouldn't expect to hear from a Bible teacher, (laughs) but I stopped studying so hard Mm. and I started to just be in God's presence and just that. So I would, instead of being like, I'm going to pick a scripture and it was just so structured, you know, my time with God, I would just journal Mm -hmm. and I would just pour out my heart to God and say, I'm struggling with this. I'm going through this and just write to him anything that came to mind. Or I would take these really long walks and just talk to God, or I would just sit inside and I wouldn't have a, you know, listen to a podcast. I wouldn't have my ear pods in anything like that. And just really practice just being still in God's presence. Mm -hmm. And it was so restorative to my soul. And it was just like that feeling of rush had infiltrated my motherhood, my marriage, even my relationship with God. And it wasn't healthy and it wasn't necessary. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I think hurry is an epidemic in our society. Yes. And I read um, John Mark Comer's book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And it was 
life-changing for me (laughs) because I needed that message at that time. It's been such a breath of fresh air to just slow down and to move at a slower pace. And I almost feel like I'm more alive. I love that. I feel like I'm more awake. It felt like I was seeing in black and white because I was moving so fast. And now I feel like I see in color. That's good. It is interesting how sometimes we put these confines or restrictions on ourselves of like, well, this is what time with God should look like. And yes. I mean, I've done it. You know, we had Tara Lee Cobble, who does the Bible recap podcast on a while back. And I've done that plan where you read the Bible in a year and there's a podcast yeah. that goes along with it. And it was amazing. So after I did that for a year, I was like, all right, this is great. But you yeah. know, some of it is is fast and furious, even though you're trying to slow down, but it's a lot of content every day. Yeah. And so after that, I was like, I'm just going to take some time off, not from scripture, but just like from doing anything with structure. And I'm going to read some Psalms here. I'm going to read the gospels here. And I'm going to not feel like I need to do a certain thing. Um, I'm going to go through the New Testament slow. I'm going to read some Proverbs, you know, and just... I love that. And it was such a sweet time that I ended up extending because again, I think there's a time for both. I think that both can be helpful but it comes down to motivation. Like just, Lord, I want to meet with you. And so as a type A person myself that can struggle with some perfectionistic tendencies, just knowing that like, it doesn't have to look a certain way. I don't have to be a certain way to come before him and meet with him. Yes. Coming to that realization and then experiencing God's peace and his approval, even in a less structured time with him was something that my soul needed. So it wasn't just that my body needed to slow down. My soul needed to slow down. My Mm -hmm. mind needed to slow down. And that was just one way that I was able to do it was to just keep it simple and just be still and just appreciate God's presence and let that be enough. There's another book by Jefferson Bethke. I don't know if you've seen that one, but it's actually called To Hell with the Hustle. <laughs> I have it on my audiobooks. I just yeah. haven't listened to it yet. Yeah. Um, I haven't listened to the whole thing, but the concept is basically the same that we're talking about. Just like everybody's running at a breakneck speed, overspent, overworked, just over everything, right? Yeah. And it's not only affecting us emotionally, but it's affecting us physically. It's affecting our families. And so do you feel like your family was noticing this in these times whenever you were basically just like trying to get everything done and doing too much? Yes. I remember one time we were getting ready for school and I was rushing Mm because, you know, we got to get there on time. Got to get in that carpool line. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And my son, I don't remember, he was trying to put his shoes on or something. And I'm like, come on, let's go. And I was really like short with him because I was in a hurry. Sure. And I could tell that it hurt his feelings. And I had to go to him and I had to apologize. I was like, you know, mommy was short with you this morning and I'm so sorry. And because God placed it on my heart, it was like, you know, Christina, love is patient. And so you can't love well if you're rushing because then you can't express patience Mm -hmm. with your people. And I didn't do that. And I felt so bad. And I apologize. And oh, we've all like, been there, girl. Yeah. You had to apologize to your kids. I had to apologize to my daughter last night. And, um, you know, he was like, okay, but it was just a wake up call for me. Mm-hmm. Like your rushing is affecting your relationships and it's hurting the people that you love because you can't love them without patience. And you can't have patience if you're trying to speed everything up and do everything all at once. So what if you're late to school? It's more important that your son knows that you love him more than anything, you know? And I mean, there's some practical things, you know, I can make sure I, you know, wake up a little bit earlier. I'm not a morning person, Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sure. you know, there are practical things that I can implement, but 
in those key moments where it's time for me to exercise patience, I need to do that. And I started to just be more mindful with how I was talking to my kids, especially when it came to rushing. Listen, guilty. It's like, let's go, guys. We're late. Come on, hurry, hurry. And I hate that. I told you five times to put your shoes on. I don't know why your shoes not on yet. But anyway, that's a whole not- that patience is saying it 10 times, you know, <laughs> with a loving attitude. God bless. Help me, Lord. I heard someone talking about one time. It might have even been on this podcast a while back. And I know not everyone who listens has children. But for those of us who have children, sometimes we just don't always think, oh, yeah, of course it would slow down when we have kids. Of course yeah. it would. Because <laughs> we're teaching them and they're learning and they're learning to put on their socks and shoes or even yeah. right now, like I have a teenager and I have a 10-year-old. And so there's a different level of slow that can sometimes happen. And I am like, get in the car. Yes. We are leaving. (laughs) Now. Not everyone has the urgency that I do. and um, Or the capacity to move at your same speed. And that's a great point. My eight-year-old can't get ready as fast as I can, you know, because he's still learning all the things. And I made an effort to get better at it and try to be more patient and less rushed with my kids because I didn't want them to have all the anxieties that I do because I've allowed the idol of rush into my life and I'm trying to like tear it down now. Mm. Uh, But I think that God has been helping me because for Mother's Day, my son had to pick a word and put it on like a drawing. And he picked a piece of paper that was purple because that's my favorite color. Mm. And it said patient on it. And I said, you picked patient? He said, yeah, mommy, you're patient because last night when I was downstairs and I was the last one eating, you waited for me. And I love precious. Yeah. And it it was like, okay, God's working on me and he's helping me, you know, and he's showing me even through my son, the potential that I have to really overcome this and to move at a pace that really reflects God's love and grace. I love that. You know, I love when Jesus uh, is talking about coming to him, all who are weary and need rest. And I don't normally read the message version. I'm more of like an ESV or NLT kind of girl. Me too. But I really like the message version of that description. And it says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I I love love that that version. I love the term unforced rhythms Mm -hmm. because I think before I always felt like everything was so important. Like if I don't do this, it's the end of the world. So I have to just like bulldoze my way and just make it happen. Even if I'm tired, even if I'm sick and just realizing that I can be still and just let God be in control. And if everything falls apart because of it, it's going to be okay too. Let it be. But it hasn't. hasn't, (laughs) I've let go and, and, and everything's still doing what it needs to do. Everybody's still where they need to be. And I don't have to allow pressure to be my fuel. I can really let God's love and grace be my motivator for everything that I do. So good. You know, I think you bring up a good point that a lot of us, that's where we get there. It's like, we know the answers. Like we know that this isn't healthy for us to be going crazy all the time, but it's also like, well, I got to get this done and I don't necessarily have an option. Like I have this deadline for work or well, my kid is sick or, I mean, there's a billion different things, examples that we could put in that spot, but we don't always feel like we have the option. And so even you saying that, well, maybe it'll all fall apart. But then most likely 
it probably won't. It gives people yeah. an opportunity to have grace. I mean, there's been times when I've dropped balls and I'm like, listen, I know I committed to this and I am so, so sorry, but I'm actually going to have to ask for your forgiveness for this because yes. it's not going to be done on time. Or, you know, I'm actually not going to be able to make this event and I'm so sorry. But people actually usually are so understanding and have so much grace. And I think sometimes it can even set the standard for them to say like, oh, you know, she's saying no to doing this. Like when you're honest, you know, there was one day that like my kid had a game and we had something going on at church and there was a baby shower and I really wanted to be at the baby shower. And I was like, I am so sorry, but I'm literally going to be like driving 45 minutes to make it to the baby shower between three other events. And can we just get coffee another time? I'm so sorry that I can't make it. Yeah. And she was so gracious and completely understood. Yeah. Yeah. I've had so many similar situations like that, where we tell ourselves these stories of what's going to happen if we really give ourselves a little bit more space so that we're not rushing all the time. And then they're not true. Like it's, it's going to work out. It's going to be okay. God's not going to call you to do more than you're capable of doing at a speed that is healthy Mm -hmm. for you Mm -hmm. and your family and and your team. Amen. So how have you implemented more margin into your life? Well, I've cut out a lot of things. We were talking before the podcast, uh, social media was one because Mm -hmm. I spend a, I was spending a lot of time on social media for no reason at all, Mm -hmm. other than the fact that I felt like I needed to be doing something because I was awake. (laughs) and feeling like every moment needs to be accomplishing something. And so I was like, I need to be looking something up or I need to be figuring out how is this person doing that or that. And so one of just getting off social media this summer, I wanted to really do that because the kids were going to be home. And I was sharing with you last summer, I had the neck injury. So I felt like I lost a lot of time with them last summer. So I told our ministry coordinator, you know, don't schedule any interviews, don't schedule any podcasts. I'm clearing my calendar out this whole summer. I'm not going to put the kids in summer camp and we're just going to spend time together. Mm -hmm. And that's what we did. And I feel like God just 10 times the amount of memories this summer. Like, I feel like he was just restoring everything that we lost last summer. And in my ability to slow down, I was able to just regain that time and have some of the most precious moments with my kids this summer. And just, so I would say just really saying no to things, clearing things out. I got opportunities to do things and I was like, nope, I'm not opening my calendar until September. That's good. Setting boundaries. And yeah. You're setting those. Hey, setting you did that boundaries. with me actually. Yeah. And I totally appreciate it. You're like, <laughs> and I appreciate your grace because this is a great conversation. And here's the thing on my end when you're like, Hey, I mm-hmm. actually won't be available till September. That's no problem. Like, great. Yeah that's when we'll do it. We'll do it September, October, sometime around then. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times there's fear there of saying no, because, oh, what if this opportunity doesn't come back again? Or this is, and I've just kind of released that to God. I know Mm -hmm. that God is ordering every single one of my steps. Mm -hmm. And if God wants me to be somewhere, he will open that door when it is time. And I have seen him do that numerous times. There was an interview I'm a YouTuber. I consider myself a YouTuber. Okay. I I wanted to be, I wanted to be like a speaker. I looked up to Priscilla Shire and Beth Moore and I saw that they were like on these big stages. And I thought that that's what you had to be to, Mm. um, 
you know, be a Christian speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, but those opportunities didn't open up for me. And I felt led to YouTube. And so it's interesting because I've been able to reach so many women on the platform in this unconventional way yeah. um, that I didn't expect. Mm-hmm. And so I and do it from home. And from home, I don't want to be in hotels. I just want to be in my bed mm-hmm. and pick my kids up from school. <laughs> so remember, I am not a morning person. So I got an opportunity earlier this year to be on a podcast for this really big YouTuber. And I was so excited about it. And it wasn't going to be like on their channel. It was going to be kind of like on one of their private Facebook groups. And I was like, man, I really want to do this. But I had a conflict and I was like, I could make it work. I could squeeze it in. And I was like, no, Christina. You are not going to try to squeeze things in because then you're going to be rushing and you know that that's what we're trying to get away from. Mm-hmm. So I, I politely told them, I said, you know, it's not a good time. Um, I have an event that day and just my schedule just wouldn't allow for it. And I didn't think anything of it. And then a few months later, they emailed me back and said, hey, we had another opportunity. Can you actually be on the channel this time? Aww. And so it was like uh, even a bigger opportunity for me. Yeah. Um, so it was just meant to be by God, you know, God blessed your I was no. available that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He blessed the no. He said, because if it's for you, God will make it happen mm-hmm. and you won't have to rush it or force it as the scripture tells us. Yeah. I think for us people pleasers that, you know, we want to say yes and we want to, <laughs> we want to help and we want to make people's lives easier, but sometimes our no is actually more powerful than our yes. And it also gives other people permission to say no too. Because you're not God. I'm not God. We can't do exactly. it Exactly. We like, got limits. Physically cannot. We do have limits. And we have to go back to what our driving motivators are. Yeah. yeah. And is it really Christ-centered or am I trying to make myself feel a certain way? Or mm. Completely. And, and this year, I had to go back to the book, uh, Search for Significance. And mm. I remember I read the book when I was in college and I really didn't understand it. I don't and know if I know it. Who wrote it? Really, I don't remember the author of it. Okay, but it's a really popular book. But it just talks about essentially like the four lies that drive people that we need to replace with Christ, Mm -hmm. and and one is the people pleaser or the approval addict or Mm -hmm. what is it the achievement. I'm getting it completely wrong. I'm so sorry. You're good. I'm so sorry to the author. (laughs) But the point was, uh, my mentor said you're going to need to read this book when you get older and it's going to make sense. And so I went back and I read um, the section on the achiever is what he calls them. And just feeling like you have to do all these things and your identity is rooted in what you feel like you can achieve. And there's no end to it because then you have to keep performing, keep performing to achieve and you burn out. Mm -hmm. And so you have to really reconnect back with God and realize that your identity is in him and not in your accomplishments. And so rereading that book really helped me get to the root of why I felt like I needed to rush all the time Mm -hmm. because I felt like I needed to always be accomplished. If I wasn't accomplishing something, if I wasn't checking something off my to-do list, if I wasn't finishing something, then that reflected my value. Yeah. And it's like, we know these things, sure. but I didn't believe it mm-hmm. because I wasn't yeah. acting on it. I needed mm-hmm. to really transform my heart through God's truth to believe that I am valuable if my to-do list is undone mm. and I can go to sleep at night and be at peace. And I don't have to try to figure out how I'm going to get it done the next day. Mm-hmm. God will work it out the next day. Mm-hmm. He's given us grace for today. And Jesus tells us, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow, worry about itself. Jesus mm-hmm. might come back tonight while you're asleep and you just spent a whole <laughs> hour up trying to figure it out and you could have been <laughs> resting well before you heard them trumpets. 
in your bed, in your nice bed, yes. not in a hotel room. That yeah, like. exactly. Because I'm a YouTuber. I don't have to do all that. <laughs> it is interesting, this cycle that once you're saying yes to a billion things, then people are going to expect you to continue saying yes. And so they're going to keep asking. I read one time something, I should like cite these people, but I don't remember who said it. But talking about that, if you make yourself the most responsible person in the room, always reliable, always, which I'm not saying don't be reliable, but (laughs) always the person who's going to bring the snacks or do the project or say yes to this and always there, then they're going to continue to ask. And then you're going to have to continue to either say yes or no. And so again, I think the reason we're saying no is so that we can say yes to the right things. Yes. So it's not like, let's just say no to say no. Yeah. I think there are times whenever we sacrifice our time. I think there's times when we sacrifice for the greater good and there's seasons when we're called into a little bit of heavier or busier seasons. But I think we can't do those things if we're saying yes to everything. Right. And if we're saying yes to everything, we're not giving others the opportunity to say yes Mm -hmm. when it might actually be their responsibility to say yes. Mm -hmm. And so I've had to learn that in marriage and motherhood. You know, I felt like, I don't know why, but I felt like, and maybe this is something I need to like go deeper into, you know, (laughs) introspectively, (laughs) do some more journaling and walking on this, but just feeling like, okay, because I'm the woman, I have to do all the things in the house, mm-hmm. you know? And so even with my parenting and having to kind of pull back a little bit mm-hmm. and be like, mm, you can put your own clothes up. Mm, oh, sure. Yeah. You can clean the table. Oh, you spilled that. Okay. You can pick that up then, you know, and right. just really giving my people an opportunity to rise up and say yes to things so that they can grow and be strengthened instead of weakening myself by trying to do everything. Because God has given me strength to do what I can do, not what someone else is supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And so we really deprive people of the opportunity to do what they're called to do if we're trying to do it ourselves. And I know the people pleasing part of us doesn't want to do that, you know, because people like when you do things that they should be doing themselves and Mm -hmm. they don't want to be held accountable (laughs) sometimes. Mm -hmm. But we can graciously say no and open up a door for people by putting up boundaries to do what they need to do. And not even like, I'm not saying like cut people off and and be mean about it, you know, but just graciously say, Hey, I'm not God. Can you do this? <laughs> yeah, I can't. You know, hey, I'm I'm running here. I'm doing this. Could you be able to do this mm-hmm. as well? You know, and I think I did a lot when my kids were young and yeah. feeling like I had to do all the things, you know, and my husband's like, you know, I can do stuff too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen. Like, That's right. I guess you can. I guess you can. I guess it is okay for me to go to Target. You'll be okay. I'll be back. <laughs> Yeah. And actually, like you're saying, empowering others to do things and to learn is so good. I mean, even there's this tension between like serving our family. We want to serve our family, but then also we don't want to enable our family to where, you know, our kids go to college and they don't know how to do laundry or whatever. So how do you find that balance? Yeah, it's a balancing act. Yeah. Grace, as they get older, giving them a little bit more, a little bit more. Yeah. A little more bit responsibility, more. more freedom. And I think, I mean, I have a 13 year old and I totally see that happening in my daughter where she enjoys taking responsibility for things, for her own room, for certain things in her own life that, you know, she wants to be in, which she's a little type A stubborn as well. And so she wants to be in charge and she actually doesn't mind when she gets to boss her little brother around. She thinks it's awesome. So you know, giving... your daughter sounds just like mine. <laughs> They need to meet each other. They need to be friends. You just described my daughter. Yes, she's 
so excited to be independent. And it, mm-hmm. it was interesting not being able to really do much last summer and see her have to really be propelled into a lot of things. Yeah. And can you make lunch for your brother? And uh, can you put the clothes in the washing machine for mommy? And she was just so excited mm-hmm. to help. And she learned how to cook omelets. And she was so excited to cook me breakfast and, and just seeing her do things. And my son also, how can I help you, mommy? What can I do for you? Mm-hmm. You know, and so with me in that season, I guess one of the blessings was to just kind of see them grow up a little bit. Yeah. Rise to the occasion. I wasn't sure. in the way. Yeah. They, they well, definitely they're so capable. They're so much yeah. more capable than sometimes we realize. And I think that is the hard thing about parenting is that they grow and they grow up and it's wonderful and it's awesome. But sometimes it happens quicker than I'm ready for. You know? I wasn't ready, you know, mm-hmm. and, and even with my daughter, I told my husband, I was like, oh, we got to wash her hair, you know, and I'm like, I can't get out of bed. And he's like, I got it. And I'm like, are you sure? And I was like, he did it. It was fine. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know why I was telling myself this story. Like, I have to be the one to do it in order for it to be right. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, other people can do it. and It'll be okay. It might not mm-hmm. be like the same way that you do it, but it'll be done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you were forced to slow down at that time. And now you aren't forced but you're making these choices anyway because you saw some of the benefits of it. So yes. obviously your perspective is different now and we're hearing some of those nuggets, but what are some other things that you learned about God, about yourself, just whatever you want everyone to know? I would say one thing that God has been teaching me is to, I, I've been going back to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 a lot lately. Do not lean on your own understanding. Um, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And for me, one thing that I've really been focused on is acknowledge him in all your ways in order to do that. I I feel like Mm -hmm. I often overlook that part, but to just, as I'm slowing down, I'm able to acknowledge him. I'm able to see him in all the little things that I'm doing. Uh, to understand that he cares about the little things I care about, you know, am I cooking healthy enough for my family? Am I getting Mm. dinner cooked on time? And I want to get this Bible study out and to help a lot of women and, and realizing also that he's in it with me. I'm uh, the Bible calls us co-workers with God Mm -hmm. and he cares about the things that I care about more than I do. He cares about my family more than I do. He loves my children more than I do. He's more right. passionate about beloved women than I am. And so really acknowledging him in my work has helped me to pull back from that pressure, from those rushed rhythms, those forced rhythms we were talking about, and know that I'm going to do what I'm capable. And I really trust that God will do his part. Mm-hmm. I really believe that he will do it. And I've seen him do it countless times. And God just continuing to show me that he doesn't need me as much as I think that he does. <laughs> but he wants <laughs> so, you. He wants he you. He wants me. I love that. Oh, I love that, Jen. And so when we were planning for our 2020 Beloved Women Conference, I've been having health challenges. It was before the next thing. That was kind of like the pinnacle of everything. I remember having some health challenges and not really being able to promote our women's conference that year. And so we, our ticket sales showed it. And I was kind of like, okay, God, I don't know how we're going to pay our bills because we really were relying on this ticket sale money. And I don't know, you know, how we're going to reach our people. We had this goal. We, you know, we had sponsors and everything like that. We've told them we were going to hit this many numbers, um, but I just really couldn't like promote it as much as I wanted to. 
um, cause I had to pull back for health reasons. And it was like 10 days before the conference. One of our speakers shared on social media, oh, the conference is coming up in 10 days. I'm so excited. And I remember my heart just dropping like, oh, my gosh, it's 10 days. We've only sold this many tickets. And so I, I prayed to God, please work it out. And I honestly, my thought was that we would either just like be in the negative and God would somehow work it out or we would just like scrape by and just somehow just make it work, you know. So it wouldn't be a financial loss for us. And um, the next morning I woke up and I was getting all these text messages. And my very first uh, video of the day showed up on the version Bible app. And I had submitted it months earlier. I didn't know that it was going to submit mm-hmm. or even if they were going to share it or not, because I had never worked with version at this time or whatever. And it was like three in the morning. My mom texted me. It was like, they put you on the version Bible app. <laughs> I was like, oh, they actually share our video. And so what happened was it just pushed a lot of traffic to our website. And we sold more tickets in that one day than we sold all summer long. Aww. And I just felt God, like I just felt the spirit, like tap me on the shoulder and was like, I got this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, let me step back and let you do what you're going to do. God. He's like, you my know? resources <laughs> are actually limitless. Yeah. And because I was so confused, I was like, God, like, I really felt like you led me to host this year's conference and yeah. host it in this way and this topic and get these specific people. Like, I really felt like it was spirit led. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I feel like it's just going to flop, you know, but I, I was like, I just give it to you guys because I really can't do anything about it. And he was like, thanks. I got this. And that just reminded me of how we really are co-workers with Christ. So I don't have to like work myself to the bone mm. because God is my partner. Like right. it doesn't get any better than That's that. So if God is for us. Who can be against us? So I can truly like sit back and relax and, and just do what God called me to do. He's not mm-hmm. calling me to do all the things I can seek him every day. My prayer every morning, I pray, Lord, please give me the power, the strength, the wisdom and the discernment to do what you've called me to do and to trust you with what you haven't called me to do Uh, so that that. I can go to bed at night and know whatever I didn't get done. It wasn't God's plan for me to get Mm -hmm. it done. I think it's my pastor, Craig Rochelle, that says you can't do everything, but you can do something. And so really prayerfully honing in on God, what are you calling me to do today? And maybe it has something to do with a mission or a vision or purpose. Maybe it's loving your family well. Maybe it's yeah. being kind to your coworkers. Maybe it's, you know, teaching little league baseball. Whatever it is, God is going to provide and he's going to yeah. he's going to show up for it. You mentioned the verse about not leaning on our own understanding. And we live in a society that's obsessed with knowledge and understanding. And I don't think that's a bad thing because I think all wisdom, true wisdom comes from God. So I love getting to discover how he's created things and how he works. And I think that's all good. Knowing though that we are limited. He is the creator. We are the created. He is limitless. We are limited and resting in that. Yeah. And being okay with that. Mm-hmm. Because when we're trying to be something we're not, when we're trying to be God, yes, we are going to hit a brick wall. It will catch up with you. That's so, the problem. Yeah. <laughs> it will catch up with you. You mentioned having an, a rush idol. And I think yeah. we can have all kinds of idols. And really the problem is we're trying to have characteristics that were not ours to have. Like God is inexhaustible, but we need yeah. rest. We need sleep. Exactly. We're not him. So Exactly. I mean, Isaiah um, tells us that, Um, even the youth grow weary Mm -hmm. and tired and young men stumble and fall, you know? That's so good. Okay. So obviously you have 
Beloved Women, your awesome ministry. Tell us a little bit more about that. And then also any other resources that you just really want everyone to know about. Yeah. um, Beloved Women is my passion. I have a passion to bring women together, Mm -hmm. to encourage them in God's love. And we do that through his truth, uh, by sharing his truth through Bible teaching. And so, yeah, you can check us out at belovedwomen.org or subscribe to our YouTube channel. And we also have a Beloved Women app that you can download in the Apple or Google Play stores. So cool. Now, I know you were doing a podcast before. Are you still doing that or has it kind of morphed into YouTube? My pot, well, it's a video podcast. So we just put it on the YouTube channel. You can find it there. I see. And it's also gets uploaded to Apple Podcast and wherever podcast. Yeah. But it's the same name, Beloved Women with Christina Patterson. Are there any other books or podcasts or Bible studies or music or anything that you love that you're super into right now? I've been reading all things John Mark Comer Mm -hmm. recently. So I read, I, I love how he writes. Mm-hmm. It's very conversational, yet I feel smarter after I've read it. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a good thing. Yes. And so so I read The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry this summer. And right now I'm working my way through his book, Garden City, um, which is about the art of being human and work and rest, which has been really good. Yeah, I've had multiple and people recommend that. So I need really, to get on it. I liked it. The first book I read from him. So I was like, well, let me see what other kind of books that he has, because I just reading has been one of the ways that I've been able to like slow down like an actual like paper book mm-hmm. but I do a lot of audiobooks yeah. as well audiobooks are great because you can listen while you're driving or while you're folding laundry or whatever yeah. so and then as far as like play I guess like I don't know if I would call it a guilty pleasure but maybe uh there's this game called Animal Crossing okay. on my Nintendo Switch and you like create this little <laughs> island it's like like this cute little characters you create a character you create an island and then you like grow plants and animal like and take care of like the people there and so like I play that <laughs> you are cracking me up I love it do you play by yourself or do you play it with your kids I play it by myself. This is my amazing. kids have accounts so yeah. they can come too. But how do I say this? I don't want them messing up my island because I kind of built it a certain way. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, Can I come to your island, mommy? And I'm like, Okay, come on. Just I would not have expected this, anything. but I love it. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, I get, and my husband actually played. I don't know how we, we got into this during COVID. That's what it was. Mm. Uh, when During the lockdown, mm-hmm. I was like, you know, we had all time. My husband was home. So he was just playing. Oh, the game. yeah. You got to like, find stuff to do. I was like, together this interesting. And not kill each other. Exactly. And so then I got tired of playing on his game. So I, I bought my own Nintendo Switch, just a personal <laughs> one. <laughs> so this, is, this was my COVID buy. I think everybody has something weird that they've done or bought during COVID because the situation don't like because it. Of this but this was my, yeah. <laughs> so this was my, my weird COVID buy. I bought a Nintendo Switch for yeah, myself. And we got a puppy. We got a COVID puppy. Mm-hmm. Okay. See? Yeah. We, she's precious. You can probably see her in the background. I actually. saw her walking around earlier. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I bought a Nintendo Switch just for the one game. <laughs> My husband's always like, you just only play the one game. Like, that's the only game I want to play. And it's so relaxed. They have the, they play this nice, relaxing music. And you just walk <laughs> around and you just make your little, little world. I love that you don't want your island messed up by your children. No. You're like, you're already messing up. Look, you got way. the whole I house. You. I love you, this darling. This is my one little space. This is my space. Well, exactly. I can create whatever world I want to. I have a little garden there that I have to tend to every day. And uh, yeah, but I, I still let them come, but I kind of like tense up a little bit just because I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> yeah. I tense up a little bit. That's so great. <laughs> 
All right. Well, Christina, this has been awesome. I just love getting to hear your heart and hear your little nuggets of wisdom. So as we wrap up, do you have just like a final thing, a final word of encouragement or advice, just something you want to leave with everyone listening? Yes. You know, if you look at any of my beloved women videos or the back of any of the books or Bible studies that I've written, you will see three words. And those words are you are loved. And I just want to leave people with that message. It seems so simple sometimes that I think that we forget the importance of knowing that we are truly loved by God, period. That's Mm -hmm. it. And not uh, because of what you do or who you are or what family you've come from, but just the fact that the God of the universe is madly in love with you to the point that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross um, so that he could be with you. That is my call in life. Mm-hmm. God shared with me. He placed it on my heart. Just tell my daughters that I love them. And it's a simple message, but it changes everything. And so if there is one message I would want to leave the Messy Table podcast listeners with, it's that, that you are loved. And I pray that you would walk in love and that you would live like you are loved every day. Ah, such good reminders. Thank you, Christina. Thank you for wrestling the technology with me today (laughs) and for sharing so much goodness. We appreciate you. Thanks so much for having me, Jen. This has been a pleasure. Well, again, thanks for being here. Thanks for being a student of the word with us. As always, the resources mentioned are linked in the conversation notes. You can subscribe for free on places like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. And when a new episode is live, you'll get a notification right on your phone. You can also stay up to date and in the loop by connecting with us on Instagram at The Messy Table Podcast. And if this episode was helpful to you in any way, we always love to hear what you would add to the conversation. And you can share it with your people via text or social media. And finally, as you head back into your day and into your week, remember that yes, life is messy, but God is at work in your mess.